Numbers, Numbers chapter 13, if you have your Bible this morning. And in Numbers chapter 13, we find the story where God's brought the children of Israel to the brink of the promised land. Quite honestly, he's brought them there, and uh, he's already promised the land, and yet I want to read to you what takes place here in Numbers chapter 13, and then we'll look at a few verses in chapter 14. And uh, at the beginning, uh, I know I didn't ask the guys to show this, but in verse 1 and 2 and 3, let me just read this first for context. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give. Notice he says, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were heads of the children of Israel. Now drop down and look with me at what takes place. The next few verses kind of outline who's going on this journey. And then we get down to chapter, uh, verse number 17. And the Bible says, And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, and said unto them, Get you up this southward, this way southward, and go up into the mountain, and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what cities they, that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds. Notice verse 20. And what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, and whether there be wood therein or not, and be ye of good courage. Isn't that something we need today? He says, and be ye of good courage, and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. Drop down to verse number 25. Let's see what takes place. And they returned from searching the land after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh and brought back word unto them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told them and said, We came unto the land whither thou sent us and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people. For they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land though through which we have gone to search it is a land eateth up with the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And God, I thank you for reminding us of this, this story, this, this situation that took place so many, many years ago. God, that it might be used to encourage our hearts and challenge our hearts this very day. 
Lord, I pray that you'll have your will in your way. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be acceptable in your sight. Lord, I pray that you'll speak through me as only you can. And God, will be careful to give you the praise and the honor and the glory for whatever you'll do, Lord. We need sinners to be saved today. Lord, we, we need men and women to draw back and desire to live a life of faith for your honor and for your glory. Lord, we pray this in the precious name of Jesus and for his sake. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning as we begin our time, I want to start by reminding each of us that this little word, faith, it's an action word. It's like many times we hear the word love is a verb. Faith is an action word as well. And truly, I can tell you this from my own life's experience, there will always be testing points. Anybody ever been tested? Anybody ever had your faith tried or tested in life? There will be testing points in our life to see whether we're going to be faithful. And in the moment, I can tell you this, sometimes in the moment it doesn't make much sense, does it? It's like you come up against a wall and you're like, Lord, what's going on? I'm reading your word, I'm meditating on your word, I'm walking in your uh, ways, I'm, I'm doing everything that I know how to, and yet there's a wall that keeps on coming up in my life. What is this about? I can tell you in the moment it may not make sense. But I'm here to tell you that if God is calling you and if God is leading you to do something for his honor and for his glory, I want to just say, yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. Our answer should always be yes when God says, I want you to do this. I want you to go here. I want you to tell this person about the Lord. Our answer should always, always, always be yes. And yet many times we struggle with that very thing. I have said before that our faith is rarely developed. Watch this. It's rarely developed in the comfortable. It's rarely developed in the comfortable. Listen, in the Bible, the writer of Hebrews has so much to say about this word faith. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 11, you know it well. The Bible is chalked full of people who not only face some impossible situations... But if we read the text, we see that not did they just face impossible situations, but they believed God. They exercised faith. And when they exercised faith, God actually did some incredible things. You see, what may seem impossible to you and me is not a big deal with God. Thank you, Linda. What you and I see many times as being impossible in our lives is not a problem with our God. Listen, if he's able to save our soul, if he's able to forgive us. By the way, that's a kind of a crazy concept, right? How many people in this room, or maybe you're listening this morning and I can't see your hands, but how many in this people room have ever had a problem or a struggle forgiving somebody? Exactly. I want you to do this. Throughout the rest of this week, just remind yourself that you have a problem forgiving people and then thank God for him forgiving you. It's like, it's like, it's like oh, that's so, that's so rich, real theological. God forgave me. That is rich. That is theological. That's what it's all about. That's the gospel in a little bitty, itty bitty nutshell. Jesus Christ came to die for your sin and for mine. He forgave us of our sin. That's good news. And yet, Scripture over and over says, hey, I've given you this so that you can actually exercise this. 
I've given you this gift of faith so that you can actually put it to use. In fact, Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1 says, watch this, it says, uh, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Notice verse number 2, For by it, speaking of faith, the elders obtained a good report. Remember, it wasn't their greatness or their goodness that they received a good report. It was because of their faith. In verse number 4 of chapter 11, the Bible reminds us that by faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. You know this story well. In, chapter, in verse number 5, the Bible says that by faith, Enoch walked with God. He pleased God. And I love Enoch because he was translated by God. He didn't even see death. And I've told my wife, if I want to be like anybody, I want to be like Enoch. One day I just want to be going to town and hopefully I'll remember Rosalie's name right. And then God will say, boom! And then clothes just fall. And y'all be like, what happened? Did I miss the rapture? Man, I'd love to be translated. Can you imagine? And we worry about, we worry about the littlest things. And yet the Bible tells us that God has the power to translate somebody that they should not see death. That's crazy. That blows my circuit breaker. In verse number 7, the Bible says that by faith, Noah, you remember Noah? He was the crazy man, right? Noah was the crazy man for 120 years. Listen, by faith he moved with fear. He prepares an ark. And the Bible says that he did it to the saving of his own family. Oh, list the on and on the list goes. But I can tell you, like I said in Bible study, was it always easy for people to exercise faith? No. But is it possible? Shake your head. Yes, it is possible to live by faith. You see, we know from verse number 6 of Hebrews chapter 11 that without faith, it's impossible to please Him, speaking of God. We have to have faith if we want to please God. And so, I just think on the topic this morning, let's exercise some faith. I mean, we just finished missions revival. We just asked you to exercise faith and make a faith promise commitment. And some of you did and some of you didn't. That's between you and the Lord. Some of you, it was a priority. Some of it wasn't. That's, a, that's between you and God. I want to be a part of God's work all around the world. I want not just here at Battlefield, man. I love seeing missionaries go to the mission field. That's just me. But a few weeks ago, you may remember, I was talking to you about the story of Peter. Remember the disciples? They're out in the midst of this storm, and the winds and the waves are crashing about. And Jesus walks up to them on, on the water. And we saw that in the midst of the storm, Peter, he steps out in faith. He steps out of his comfort zone, he steps out of the boat, and he walks on water. Jesus says, come, and Peter says, I'm coming. And he gets out. Now, everybody likes to pick on Peter because he began to sink, but he's the only joker I saw get out of the boat. See, there were a bunch of guys in the boat, but there was only one who exercised faith. Uh-oh. You see, that's what happens in many churches. There's a bunch of people that gather for worship. But not everybody who gathers for worship steps out of the boat. Oh, I know, I know. They're like, move on, pastor, move on. Last week, last week, we were encouraged and challenged by missionary after missionary after missionary to exercise faith, to get involved in the Lord's work, not only here at Battlefield, but all around the world. The first part of Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 38 reminds us that if we have been justified, we are to live by faith. 
Our text this morning actually reminds me, if you missed the banquet, you really missed it, by the way. This text, this story actually kind of reminds me of our Christmas banquet. If you weren't here, we decorated the gymnasium like Christmas. It was crazy. I mean, it wasn't my idea, but it was crazy, and it was crazy good, right? And to be able to watch the missionaries and their kids open up gifts like it was Christmas, that was phenomenal. This story reminds me of our Christmas banquet. It's like many homes at Christmas, right? Those who are fortunate enough to do this, many homes at Christmas, they have gifts that are wrapped up and placed under a what? You know, the unspeakable gift was wrapped up and placed on a tree for us a long time ago. But back to the story, don't change the channel. Because all these gifts, it reminds me of Christmas that are wrapped up under the tree. Now, it would be insane, it would be crazy for you and I to think of these missionaries seeing all the gifts with their names on it, and then we as a church say, hey, go ahead, go ahead, open up your prize, open up your gift. And they say, no, I don't want it. Moms and dads, would it be crazy to assume or to create a scenario in your head where you would come down on Christmas morning in your house and your kids, or you even, you, your kids, or your grandkids would say, no, I don't want to open those gifts. By the way, has that ever happened at somebody's house? And yet, that's exactly what we see in the story. God has set the Christmas banquet. Think about it this way. He set the banquet. He's got them right there at the promised land. The, the trimming and the trapping has been set. He's saying, hey, listen, go into the land and possess the land. I've given it to you. By the way, I promised it to Abraham a long time ago. I'm giving it to you. It's mine to give. Go in and get it. And they come back. And, and I skipped over the part, but they come back. And the grapes are so heavy one cluster of grapes. Now you go to the grocery store, you get a little cluster of grapes now. It's like this. The Bible says that this one cluster of grapes that they cut down is so big that they got people carrying it between like, it's like, oh, oh, oh. They've got it on poles. They're carrying the grapes are so big. And then they turn around and bring up an evil report of the land. First, it's a land that flows with milk and honey, got fruit galore, and then, then they're like, oh, but wait a minute, we can't go in here. Here's the Christmas gift, open it up. And they say, no, we can't do it. Listen, this is exactly what we find. They've got the promised land before them and the wilderness behind, and yet they're unwilling to exercise faith. I believe in our life sometimes the promised land is just in front of us. But we like wandering in the wilderness for some reason. For some reason, we think that's cool. I got my Jeep. I'm just going to wander out here in the wilderness for a little while. You need to turn the keys of the Jeep over to Jesus Christ and go on into the promised land. Oh, listen. God had promised this, and yet they're unwilling to take it. Look at uh, chapter 14. Look at verse 1. Watch what takes place. In verse number 1 of chapter 14 says, And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. Now here's the deal. Caleb stills the people. He says, hey, we're well able to go get it. And then they believe these other guys so much. They're so scared. They're so limited by what they see. 
but they're unwilling to exercise faith. Watch, it says, the people cried and they wept that night. And all the children of Israel, notice what happens then. They murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt. Notice in my Bible it's got an exclamation mark. In grammar that means that they were saying it loudly. Isn't that what happens when we walk by sight and not by faith? We start to say things loudly like we know what's going on. Watch. It says... Would God that we would have died in the land of Egypt, or would God that we had died in the wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? And they said one to another, now watch this. They're going to, in their mind, they think, here's the answer. We're going to replace God's man. Watch. Look what it says. And they said, let us make a captain and let us return to Egypt. Moses, we don't need you anymore. Aaron, we don't need you anymore. We're going back to Egypt. We're going to go back and live in bondage. We like that better than the promise that God's given us. That's what happens when we don't exercise faith. We say, we like, we like the bondage. We like our sinfulness. We like the fact that we have no forgiveness. We like that we can live over here and languish and do things according to our own will, our own ways, and our own thoughts. This is what they said. Verse 5, then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. It's like they're pleading with the children of Israel again. They're like, hello, don't you see it? Notice they go on. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with them. Fear them not. Folks, can I tell you that walking by faith is action word. Faith is an action word. It's going to cause us to step out of the boat sometimes. And here's what I know. If you're going to have an exercising faith, an exercising faith believes in God's presence. It believes in God's presence. Notice the two phrases in verse number 8 and 9. They're very short. In verse number 8, they say, He, referring to God, will bring us into the land. And then in verse number 9, they say, The Lord is with us. Faith does not deny that there are problems in life. Anybody have a problem today? I'm not denying that you have a problem or that you're dealing with a problem, that you've been praying about a problem, that you're struggling with a problem. I'm not denying those things. Faith does not deny that we will all face problems. But faith actually expresses a confidence that with Jesus Christ, victory will be ours. Exercising faith holds to the belief Quite honestly, as I mentioned earlier, that nothing's too hard for God. It may be hard for you and I, but it's nothing with the creator of the universe. Our problem most of the time is that when we face our problems, when we face our difficulties, when we're going through times of affliction, we actually, for whatever kookamamie reason is, we leave God out of the picture. In the moment when we need God the most is when we say, God, I don't want you. God, I don't need you today. 
God, go help somebody else. Stay out of my business, Lord. That's what we say, which is kind of crazy to me in, in that very moment. Even Caleb, he stills the people. He says, hey, guys, let's exercise some faith. We're able to do this. God's given it to us. Let's go get it. He didn't say that there wouldn't be problems. He didn't deny that the Hittites, the Jebusites, and, and the Amorites, and the Amalekites, and on and on, the Canaanites, he didn't deny that they were in the land. He didn't say that there was a problem with them. All he said was, let's go. Let's go. We're well, we're well able to go into this land. But notice in verse 31 to 33 of chapter 13, the other men, they actually let fear dictate what they said. Notice what they said. They said things like, we be not able. The people are stronger than we. It's a land that's eaten up the inhabitants thereof. We saw giants. We were in our own sight as grasshoppers. In other words, they were basing everything they were saying on what they had seen rather than what they believed. And that's the danger for you and I. Many times, it doesn't matter whether we're exercising faith in a missions-giving campaign. It doesn't matter if we're exercising faith to train up a child in the way that he or she should go so that when they're old, they'll not depart from it. It doesn't matter what the situation is. If we're not willing to exercise faith, what we're saying to God is, God, I'm just going to live by what I see rather than what I know. Right? Oh, listen, an exercising faith believes in God's presence. On one side of the proverbial coin for the children of Israel was opportunity. On the other side of the coin was obstacles. Let me ask you a question this morning. What opportunity may be sitting right in front of you? And it may be different for each one here. But at the same time you think about the opportunity that God's given you to exercise faith in some way, I bet, without even asking, you have already thought about the obstacles. Well, I can't, I can't do that because it doesn't make sense. You're right. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It doesn't make sense. But I can tell you it works. It's worked. Every time that my wife and I have stepped out of the proverbial boat by faith, God has always superabounded and met our needs. Are we super rich? No. We're super rich in Jesus Christ. Amen? And so we can do all things through Christ which strengthens us. Listen, we've been all been given an opportunity to exercise faith. But in reality of life, we will also face oppositions. Notice what Hebrews chapter 13 says. And we always like to pick on one verse. I want to read the verse that follows. Hebrews chapter 13. Notice what verse number 5 says. But I also want to read verse number 6. Verse number 5 says, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. We're talking about exercising faith in the presence of God. But notice what verse 6 says, So that we may boldly say. So here it is. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. So that we may boldly say, Who's our helper? The Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Folks, when the Lord's our helper, we have no reason to fear. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Oh, listen, Psalm 139 and verse number 7 and 8, the Bible talks to us about the fact that there's nowhere, there's nowhere that you and I can go to flee from the presence of God. 
Did you know that? There's nowhere we can go. I could go over here and hide behind this, this wall over here. He's still there. He's everywhere. God is omnipresent. I love the fact that sometimes we think we can hide from God. Like Adam and Eve did. You remember? In Genesis chapter 3, they, they, they sin, and then they realize they're naked. Right? And then what do they do? They hide. And it's as if they think God won't see them in their sinfulness and nakedness. And God says, uh, Adam, where are you? As if he doesn't know. He's playing along. He's playing along in this hide-and-seek game. And he says, well, we were hiding. We were hiding from you. That woman that you gave me, he starts to blame the woman. The woman, by the way, the ladies laughed at that. They love that. They love it when I say, he blamed the woman. That's what men do. But the lady had already blamed the serpent. She's like, that, that, that thing that you put in the garden, that, that serpent did it. It's his fault. It's always somebody else's fault, isn't it? Oh, listen, we have to exercise faith. Listen, we can be assured, though, when we do, that we will have God's presence. In Psalm 145, the Bible says this in verse 18 and 19. It says, The Lord is nigh or near unto all them that call upon Him, to all that call upon Him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear Him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. Let me ask a question. Are you exercising faith today? Are you exercising faith in your life? Is the Lord present with you? I hope He is. In Psalm 140, verse number 13, the Bible says, Surely the righteous shall give thanks unto thy holy name. The upright shall dwell in thy presence. Oh, yes, when we exercise faith, we can be sure of God's presence in our life. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Oh, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Secondly, an exercising faith not only believes, look at our story, it not only believes in God's presence, but it believes in God's protection. You see, because Caleb and Joshua, they believed that they could go into the land and that God was going to protect them through whatever they faced. Look at verse number 9. It actually says in verse number 9 of chapter 14, it says, their defense is departed from them. Who's he talking about? There again, he's talking about the Amalekites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Canaanites. He's saying their defense is departed from them. We're able to go because not only is God going to go with us, God's going to protect us in this endeavor as we go into the promised land. But folks, when we walk by faith and not by sight, I can assure you God does have a way of protecting us. He has a way of shielding us from things that come. I was thinking about this earlier this week. You remember when God was bringing the children of Israel out from Egypt? You know, if you go back over in the book of Exodus, he's bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt. And um, the Bible tells us in Exodus 13, verse number 21, it says that the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud. He's, he's using the pillar of cloud to lead them. And then at night, he gives them a pillar of fire uh, to give them light. And so we see then in uh, Exodus 13 that God's not only guiding them, but he's giving them protection, right, as they're coming out of Egypt. And if you notice that passage, when you read the story in Exodus chapter uh, 14, Pharaoh and his armies are getting closer, right? Have you ever had a scenario where your enemy is getting closer and closer, right? So the children of Israel are just like you and I. What do they do? 
They're like Lot's wife. Here they come. They're coming after us. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Now that's a little bit melodramatic, but that's probably exactly, that, that's probably not even really even reality. They're probably screaming. Here comes Pharaoh and his army. You know what Moses said to him? Y'all remember what Moses said to him? Look at what the Bible says here. In verses 13 and 14 of chapter 14, Exodus 14, here's what Moses says. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not. God had taken them on this journey. God was the one that had led them out of Egypt. God was the one that had allowed them to spoil all of the Egyptians' goods to make this journey. And so he takes them out, and notice what he says. He says, hey, fear you not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. Because notice what verse 14 says. The rest of the story, as Paul Harvey says, the Lord shall fight for you. And you shall hold your peace. In other words, what Moses was saying then was, how about you guys just exercise some faith? That's exactly what Caleb and Joshua were saying to the children of Israel in our text. How about you guys just exercise some faith? How about you just believe God's promises? How about you just believe that God is not only with us, His presence is not only with us, but God's protection will go with us, and He is not only with us, he is for us. Psalm 91.1 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and a strength, a very present help in trouble. We must never, ever, ever shrink back from exercising faith. After all, we have God's promise of protection. Some of you may know and like Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8, the Bible says this in verse number 31. It says, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Oh, listen, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He wants us to, by the way, God wants to make our way prosperous. This is not a prosperity gospel message. But he wants to make our way prosperous and he wants us to succeed. You can read all about that in Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 8. But he wants us to be in his word. He wants us to be meditating on his word. He wants us to be doing what his word says. He wants us to have a real relationship with him through our prayer life. But he does. He wants us to be prosperous and to succeed. And that's why Joshua and Caleb, when they say in verse number 9, notice in the text it says, they say, only rebel ye not against the Lord. They're saying, guys, don't you get it? God has been with us all the way. If you rebel against him now, what does that do to his presence and his protection in our life? They're like, don't rebel against God. He's with us. He's for us. And so it says their defense has departed from them. That's what they tell them. They say exercising faith. Listen, you guys can do this. And I want to encourage you. And I want to encourage myself this morning, all those listening, that you and I can exercise faith knowing that God's presence is with us, but also knowing that we have God's protection. And then lastly this morning, I want you to see that an exercising faith believes that with God, we shall prevail. 
with God, we shall prevail. Look at verse number 9. I love this phrase here. Caleb and Joshua, they're telling the people, and they said, their defense is departed from them, and the next thing they say, for they are bread for us. Are you hungry? They said, we'll gobble them up. God's taken their defense from them. We will gobble them up, not because we are great, not because we are good, but because God is mighty. And God will do exceeding and exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think when we exercise faith. Others said no. Caleb and Joshua said yes. It's because they believed that God was God. They believed that God was able. They believed that God was with them. You see, they were confident in victory, and they were confident that victory would be theirs, not because of who they were, but because of who God was. And folks, I want to tell you that you and I can experience victory in our lives as well if we exercise faith. And the time to exercise faith, a lot of people say, well, what time do I exercise faith? Right now. The Bible says now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. If you've never trusted Christ, now is the time to exercise faith. You say, well, I don't know what it's all about. I'm telling you that God so loved you. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's God's word. God's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent, right? You can take God's word to the bank. You can trust it. And so now's the accepted time. You say, well, I'm going to get saved one day. Oh, be very careful, my friend, about that one day statement. Because none of us are guaranteed another day. We're not guaranteed the rest of today. Now, my mind works in mysterious ways. <laughs> I was sitting there thinking this morning, I know this seems crazy. As we're singing about living hope, I'm thinking about the day that I cross over. I'm sitting on the front row, and I'm thinking to myself, what if today is the last day I ever have to live? I have no blank check on tomorrow. I said that. I was thinking that to myself while I'm singing. I said, what if, Greg, what if today is your last day? What if, what if this is the last message you ever get to preach or teach? What, what if God says, come on home? What are you going to do for me? And I thought, Lord, all I can do is exercise faith. All I can do is live for you while I have breath to make your name great in all the world, to do what I can do, right? I want to encourage you to do the same thing. Now is the accepted time. We only have today. So why not exercise some faith? Listen, now is not only the accepted time, it's the right time to be growing as disciples. Some of us need to get on the firing line for the Lord. And I'm not talking about going to battle against people. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Our enemy is spiritual wickednesses in high places. I'm so tired of seeing people fight with one another. I'm tired of seeing people slander one another. I'm tired of seeing people not act godly towards one another. And you guys, if you're honest, you see it too. Oh, the church of God needs to rise up. It's not only the accepted time, it's the right time to be growing as disciples. The more that we grow in the word of God, the greater we're going to be for his glory. It's the only time we have to exercise faith in God. It's not enough to know 
what's right to do biblically. We must be doing it as well. We must be sharing the good news locally. We must be sending the good news globally. And that's only possible when we exercise faith. Just as Paul said in Philippians 4.13, we too can proclaim that we can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. I put in my notes that it's not only sad. In some realm, it's a little bit shameful when we as Christ followers not only decide not to exercise faith, we just rebel against exercising faith. We just, we step back and say, no God, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to share your love with somebody. I'm not going to train up a child in the way she go. I'm not going to love my wife as you love the church and gave yourself for it. I'm not going to love my husband as the church is supposed to love you. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I look around and I see that more and more. It's crazy to me. Out of the same mouth we say that, and then the same mouth says, Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. Oh, an exercising faith believes that with God we will prevail. We trust him for the forgiveness of sin, for our eternity in heaven, but many times we're afraid to trust him with our abilities, our times, our influence, our resources to accomplish the ministry that he has for us right here and the job that he has for us to get the gospel all around the world. This week I was kind of, got a number of things on my plate and trying to write about four or five different messages at the same time. And in this message, I wrote down two questions. I wonder how much more could be accomplished for the Lord if we exercised faith at Battlefield Baptist Church. I wonder how, much, how many more souls could be saved if we just exercised enough faith to tell people about Jesus. You see, exercising faith will cause us to stop deliberating Stop hesitating and begin to anticipate what only God can do in our lives. You see, when we're exercising faith, it's going to be evidence beyond what we think, beyond what we say, and beyond what we believe or feel. You see, because an exercising faith will be evidenced in what we do. So, you say, what's, what's the culmination of all this? I want you to see in this story a couple of verses. Notice what happens when you exercise faith. Look at verse 24. I'm going to share one verse with you, verse 24. Now, some of you are going to say Joshua's not named. Well, you've got to understand, Joshua's been given a new job. Joshua's attending to Moses at this point. Joshua's getting ready to take over. Joshua's, Joshua's getting ready to be called of God to lead the children of Israel. And so he's in a different place than Caleb. But notice what the Bible says. It says here, but my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit within him and hath followed me, Notice that word, fully, completely, constantly, with the full purpose of his heart, with his mind and his soul. Notice what it says, he had followed me fully. Him will I bring into the land whither to he went, and his seed shall possess it. You see, although most of the people from this generation, they failed to enter the promised land, Caleb and Joshua survived this time out in the wilderness, the next 40 years, and they accomplished the journey that God had set before them because they exercised faith. And you say, wow. But I also want you to see what happens when we don't exercise faith. Look with me at the Bible here, 
Remember, in verse number 4, they were going to raise up a new captain. They're going to go back to Egypt. But notice down in verse 22. 22 and 23, Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness have tempted me these ten times and have not hearkened unto my voice, surely, notice what he says, surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. God takes exercising faith seriously. Drop down and read what verse 30 says. Verse 30 and following, and I close. Doubtless ye shall not come into the land concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein, save Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun. But your little ones, which ye said should be a prey, them will I bring in, and they shall know the land which ye have despised. But as for you, your carcasses shall fall in the wilderness, and your children shall wander in the wilderness forty years, and bear your whoredoms until your carcasses be wasted in the wilderness. After the number of days which ye search the land, even forty days a day for every year, or each day for a year, shall ye bear your iniquities even forty years, and ye shall know my breach of promise. Look at verse 35. I, the Lord, have said, I will surely do it unto all this evil congregation that are gathered together against me in this wilderness. They shall be consumed, and there they shall die. God takes our faith pretty seriously. He wants us to exercise faith. He wants us to live in faith. Remember I talked about asking yourself the questions, how do I know I'm living in faith? Then we talked about stepping out in faith. And today I've tried to show you an Old Testament story to kind of remind us that when we exercise faith, we have God's presence. We have his protection. And with Christ, we can do all things, the New Testament tells us. But we shall also prevail. We will, we will get through to the other side, so to speak, if we just continue to exercise faith. And so in your heart of hearts, I have to ask you the question, what is it? What is the obstacle that hinders us? What is the obstacle that hinders you from walking, stepping out, and exercising faith? Oh, I pray that you will, I pray that you will pray this morning and ask God to rekindle that desire in your own heart to exercise some faith because I'll be honest with you. As the sign out front says, Battlefield Baptist Church, David, when he ran towards Goliath, he said this. He said, the battle is the Lord's. We are in a battle. And all you need to do is take a look around and see what is going on in our communities and in our country and in this world. We are in a battle. And I'm afraid we're losing the battle, spiritually speaking, because men and women and young people are unwilling. And quite honestly, as Caleb and Joshua said, a little bit rebellious about exercising faith. Oh, I pray that on our watch. By the way, this is our watch. Our watch to reach our generation with the gospel. I pray that on our watch that we'll still be willing to stand up for the Lord. That we'll be still be willing to exercise some faith in the days to come. And I pray that you'll make that commitment today. Renew that commitment in your heart today. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your word. God, I pray that as we just sing a song of invitation, God, that you would pierce our hearts. God, that you would 
that you would do whatever is necessary to get our attention. God, that we might exercise greater faith in the days to come. God, that we would realize that faith promise missions giving isn't about money. That we would realize that Battlefield Baptist Church isn't about money. It's about people. It's about the opportunity to share the love and the truth of the gospel with people. No matter whether it's here or around the world, we have the ability to go next door. We have the ability to go across the street. We have the ability to share with our coworkers and those that we meet in the marketplaces and in the doctor's offices and the hospitals. We have the ability to exercise faith. And so, God, I ask you, break our hearts for what breaks yours. Help us to be willing to exercise faith. God, I pray if there's someone here today that doesn't know Christ as their Savior, that they would take that first step of faith by trusting in your love and your goodness that sent Jesus to the old rugged cross for their sin. God, I pray that they would call out upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says that if we'll do that, we'll be saved. So, Lord, I pray that even in the very first step of faith, that there might be someone here today that does that. There might be someone listening that does that. God, I pray for the rest of us, those of us who call, who, who call ourselves Christians, who call ourselves Christ followers, believers of the gospel, God, that we would be willing to stand up, to rise up, and to be accounted, that we would stand up and exercise faith. God, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunities that you put in our path. We pray that you'll have your will and your way in our life, and that we'll be willing to do what you say do. We pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like more information about our ministry, check out our website at battlefieldbaptist.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you next time.